0: up guys. Welcome back to another episode of Dirty Blondes. This week, I'm starting a new mini series regarding STDs. It's going to be a similar format to the fetish series. So this episode will be a general overview, and then I'll go more into depth about each STD as the series progresses. The main reason I decided to start this series is because I recently found out that I contracted chlamydia. Now, I know that some of you are going to judge me for that or automatically assume that I'm dirty or that I'm gross or whatever, but that's really the entire reason I'm being so open about this and why I'm starting the series. There are so many stigmas regarding STDs, and I want to start talking about them so people don't feel so embarrassed or ashamed if they do contract one, And I also want to help normalize regular STD testing. My goal is to hopefully begin to end the stigmas and educate my listeners because there are so many myths and misinformation out there. So why are STDs associated with such a negative response? Mostly it's because people are often so judgmental about sex in general. So when someone is diagnosed with an STD and they let people know about it, there is often a very negative reaction. And they may find that people think that they're dirty or slutty or they're sleeping with people of a lower status. But the truth is there's no logical reason to stigmatize STDs. This type of judgment is not only irrational, but it's also counterproductive and can be harmful to people's mental health. STDs are just infections. There isn't a moral or immoral component and STDs can infect anyone regardless of their race, gender, religion, or sexual orientation. Most STDs are asymptomatic, so the only way to know if you have one is to be tested regularly. But because the social stigma associated with a positive diagnosis is such a problem, it makes many people decide that they'd rather not know their status at all, which in turn creates more problems because people often spend years spreading diseases before they experience any serious or personal consequences. And they think that if they don't know, then they don't have to lie about it or risk rejection. It only takes one sexual partner to end up with an STD. And having an STD says nothing about your sexual history, except for the fact that you probably didn't reliably practice safe sex. And STDs are so common. HPV infects approximately 79 million Americans at this time. So some of the people shaming people with STDs might actually have an STD themselves and not even know it. So even though not all STDs are curable, I want to educate you guys and show you how common these diseases are, how easily some of them can be treated, and help normalize getting tested regularly. As I was researching STDs, I came across some really interesting statistics that I wanted to share with you guys. The CDC releases an STD surveillance report that's an overview of all the STDs that are reported to them. The last one that was released was this April, and it's based on the 2019 data that was submitted. In the report, it says that for the sixth consecutive year, reported cases of chlamydia, gonorrhea, and syphilis in the United States have hit an all-time high in 2019, with more than 2.5 million infections reported. The U.S. Health Department showed that in 2019, 1.8 million cases of chlamydia were reported, which was a 20% increase from 2015. Approximately 617,000 cases of gonorrhea were reported, which is a 56% increase compared to 2015. And approximately 130,000 cases of syphilis were reported, which is a 74% increase from 2015. Congenital syphilis, which is passed from a mother to her baby during pregnancy, has increased by 279% since 2015. So in 2019, there was 128 infant deaths of congenital syphilis, and there were nearly 2,000 cases reported. The report also stated that more than 55% of the reported cases in 2019 were among people between the ages of 15 and 24. Now, less than 20 years ago, gonorrhea rates in the United States were at historic lows, and syphilis was close to elimination. But the acting director of the CDC believes this progress has been lost due to the challenges of the U.S. public health system, and the numbers were only made worse by the pandemic since clinics closed and the number of people getting tested declined. And even when clinics did reopen, many people were still reluctant to go out in fear of contracting COVID, which caused either a delay in care or they did not receive care at all. A study published back in May found that STD screenings in the United States dropped by 40% from the start of the pandemic in late February to April of 2020. Testing rebounded in June, but by then positivity rates for chlamydia and gonorrhea had both increased from the year before. A senior medical director for Quest Diagnostics said they're still not seeing the volume of testing that they had in 2019, and adding to the screening challenges, disease intervention specialists who do contact tracing for STDs were shifted to help the state departments with COVID-19 efforts and many still haven't been brought back into the STD sector. Doctors and public health experts say that part of the underlying problem with the increase of STDs appears to be the change in attitudes about safe sex, particularly among young people. Lisa Wade, who is an associate professor at Tulane University, recently conducted a study at the school She asked 145 students about hookups, friendships, and relationships. One thing she found was that students were more comfortable getting tested for COVID than STDs, which was masked in the stigma of bad behavior. So they were correlating having unsafe sex with bad behavior and in turn just not getting tested for it. Which, as a side note for this, I just think this is so crazy because COVID literally is killing people. It's People are dying from this. And a majority of the STDs that you can get, you won't die from. So I just think that's, you know, when you put it in perspective like that, it is just so crazy that people would rather get tested for COVID versus STDs. But this behavior isn't limited to just college-age students. In 2019, a CDC survey of high school students found that nearly 50% didn't use a condom the last time they had sex. Dr. Joy Friedman, who is a pediatrician at the Einstein Medical Center, said that she often hears that using condoms is not particularly popular amongst the students that she interviews and that patients often tell her they aren't comfortable asking their partners to use a condom. Some even feel that it can be self-incriminating as if they're asking to practice safe sex because they did something wrong. This is just so crazy to me because no one should ever be ashamed of, one, getting tested for STDs, but also no one should ever be scared or embarrassed or ashamed for asking their partner to practice safe sex. Like That should just be kind of a given. And look, I know we live in a society where everyone feels the need to share and document everything, but just because you're getting tested doesn't mean you have to tell anyone unless obviously you test positive and then that's a little bit of a different story. Also, if you're casually dating or fucking people, I understand that condoms are going to be skipped over at some point, especially if it's more than a one night stand. And look, Do whatever you're comfortable with. I'm 100% not judging because I definitely have gotten really fucked up some nights and made some really reckless (laughs) decisions in my life. So I'm not sitting here saying that I've practiced safe sex every single time because I have not. But that's why it's even more important to get tested multiple times in a year to stay on top of it. Because even if you are having sex with someone regularly, they could be cheating on you. They can contract it a different way. You know, there's, there's all these different things that can happen. So don't think that monogamy is going to save you from catching an STD also. So you should always get tested at least once a year. If not more. And if you haven't been tested before or you're scared to get tested, please don't be. It's seriously, it's such a simple test. Like, if you do a full STD panel, the doctors just take a urine sample, a blood sample, and a swab, and they send it to a lab. They give you your results in a couple days, and that's it. Like, it's not a big deal. So, please don't be scared or feel that you're going to be judged. Like these medical people see crazy shit all the time and you going in for a couple swabs and giving a urine sample really isn't that big of a deal. Okay, so let's get into some of the basic knowledge of STDs. So if you're having sex, whether it's oral, anal, or vaginal intercourse, you can get an STD or an STI. Now, the terms STD and STI sound similar, and even some health organizations use them interchangeably. However, STDs and STIs are technically different. A sexually transmitted infection is an infection that has not yet developed into a disease and can include bacteria, viruses, or parasites such as pubic lice. They are usually transmitted during sexual activities through an exchange of bodily fluids or skin-to-skin contact where the infection is active. Non-sexual activities in which bodily fluids are exchanged can also transmit STIs. So, for example, if someone has HIV and they're sharing needles or there's contact with blood or something like that, then that's how it can be transmitted as well. It doesn't necessarily have to be sexual. Now, sexually transmitted diseases, on the other hand, are diseases that result from an STI and therefore suggest a more serious problem. So all STDs start out as infections. So pathogens enter the body and they begin multiplying. And when those pathogens disrupt normal bodily functions or damage structures in the body, then they become STDs. And some STIs may never develop into diseases. For example... Most HPV cases go away on their own without causing any type of health problem. In these instances, the HPV is an STI. Now, if the HPV infection develops into genital warts or cervical cancer, then it's considered an STD. According to the American Sexual Health Association, a growing number of public health experts believe the term STD can mislead people because disease suggests a person has an obvious medical problem, which is not always the case. So for this reason, the term infection is often considered more accurate. But for the rest of this podcast and this series, I'm just going to refer to everything as an STD. Okay, so there are three different types of STDs. There are bacterial STDs, viral STDs, and parasitic STDs. Bacterial STDs can generally be cured with antibiotics. However, if left untreated, they can lead to further complications. Common bacterial STDs are chlamydia, gonorrhea, and syphilis. Viral STDs cannot be cured, although many can be treated with medication. Some viral STDs, such as the human papillomavirus or HPV, can disappear on their own. Common viral STDs include HIV, genital herpes, HPV, hepatitis B, and hepatitis C. There is a vaccine available to prevent both HPV and hepatitis B only at this time. Parasitic STDs can be cured with medications and creams. Common examples include scabies or pubic lice. Now, many STDs show no signs or symptoms, which means that they are asymptomatic. But even with no symptoms, you can still pass the infection along to your partners. So it's very important to use protection or at least get tested regularly so you can identify and treat the infection before you pass it on. Now, I want to talk about curable versus incurable STDs. Many STDs are curable. For example, the following STDs can be cured with antibiotics or other treatments. So you have chlamydia, syphilis, gonorrhea, crabs, and trichomoniasis. And the following STDs are incurable, which are HPV, HIV, and herpes. But even if an STD can't be cured, it can still be managed. It's still important to get an early diagnosis, but treatment options are often available to help alleviate symptoms or lower your chances of transmitting an STD to someone. All right, let's talk about prevention for a minute. Obviously, I'm not going to give you the bullshit sex ed teacher advice that abstinence is the only way to not contract STDs or get pregnant. Fuck that. Like, yeah, it's true, but it's not realistic and it's really stupid advice. So have as much sex as you want, but just be smart about it. Okay. so when trying to prevent the transfer of STDs, condoms, when properly used, during either anal or vaginal sex are highly effective for reducing transmission of some STDs. Dental dams can also provide protection during oral sex, but no method is foolproof. Condoms are generally more effective at preventing STDs that spread through fluids such as semen or blood, but they can't fully protect against STDs that pass from skin to skin. So if a condom doesn't cover the area of skin with the infection, a person can still contract an STD or pass it to their partner. Now, I've hooked up with several guys in the past that really needed to be humbled because they were buying Magnum condoms and they were literally falling off when we fucked. So in those instances, if one of us had an STD at that time, we most likely would have passed it to each other. So to the single ladies listening, have an assortment of condoms on your nightstand or in your nightstand. I buy a fishbowl that it's a variety pack from Amazon, and I just call it a day with that. And to the men listening, if you ever had a condom feel loose or fall off during sex, Please stop being fucking delusional and buy the correct size condom because if it falls off, it's defeating the whole purpose of wearing one. I also want to point out that birth control does not protect or lower your chances of contracting an STD. So if you're on the pill or you've had the birth control shot or you have an IUD in, none of those are going to stop you from getting STDs. Now, another way you can help prevent STDs is just to have an honest and adult conversation about your sexual history with any new partners that you're pursuing. And I don't mean you have to disclose your body count and make it this like embarrassing, like, oh, you know, this person's dirty, like whatever, because that's a whole different stigma. But you can ask them questions like, how often do you get tested? When was the last time you got tested? What specifically were you tested for? And that last one is a super important one to ask because not all doctors automatically do a full STD panel. Like, for example, when I go to the gynecologist for my annual appointment, she normally does a bacterial STD test because she's already swabbing in there. But she always asks me if I want a full panel, and I always say yes. But she's calling it out to me that she is not normally going to do that. And it does cost extra, so just like know your insurance and stuff, but make sure that the STD tests That either you're disclosing to someone or that they're disclosing to you is everything that you want included. And typically a full panel means that you have to provide a urine sample, a blood sample, and then a swab because not all STDs are tested the same way. Also, many people assume that their doctors have screened them for STDs as part of their regular care, maybe with even like a physical, but that's not always true. When I first started going to the gynecologist, I had a different doctor when I was in high school, and I don't even think that they tested for STDs, Um, even though I was sexually active at the time, but my doctor, when I moved to Florida, she was very, you know, she was very transparent about it. So just make sure that you're asking your doctors the right questions, too, because sometimes they just go through the motions or they can be judgmental and believe in the stigmas themselves. So just make sure that you're on the same page with your healthcare professionals and your partners when disclosing what STDs you got tested for. Now, when it comes to getting tested, there are several places where you can get tested. So you can go to your primary doctor or your OBGYN. You can go to Planned Parenthood. You could go to a local urgent care or a local health clinic. Some pharmacies even offer the option to get tested. And then you have at-home STD testing kits. So figure out which option works best for you. But also don't forget to make sure to find out if your insurance covers it. Or you're at least comfortable with the costs that are associated with it because each option will vary in price. Now, as I mentioned before, there's different types of testing that can happen for different types of STDs. So most STDs can be tested by using either a urine or a blood sample. So your doctor can order a urine or a blood sample to check for gonorrhea, syphilis, chlamydia, and HIV. But in some cases, urine and blood tests aren't as accurate as other forms of testing. Also, it may take a month or longer after being exposed to certain STDs for blood tests to be reliable. So for example, if HIV is contracted, it can take a couple of weeks or even a couple of months for tests to even detect an infection. A lot of doctors also use different types of swabs. So there's vaginal swabs, cervical swabs, urethral swabs. And rectal swabs. So they may have you test in different areas. I've never personally gotten a rectal swab, but I've definitely had samples taken out of my cervix and swabs of my vagina. Urethral swabs are more for men. Women don't really have to do those as much. Now, it's really important to know that a pap smear isn't considered an STD test, okay? So even if you're going to your routine gynecologist exam every year, a pap smear test is strictly to look for early signs of cervical cancer, okay? So a normal pap smear test result says nothing about whether or not you have an STD. So to check for HPV, your doctor will order a separate HPV test, but they don't do that automatically. So make sure that you're getting the HPV test as well. Also, if you're sexually active, you should be getting tested at least once a year at minimum. But if you're sexually active with multiple partners, then I would suggest getting tested every three to six months because the incubation period of some of these STDs can kind of lie dormant for a while and you're not showing symptoms and you think everything's fine. But realistically, you could actively have something. So I would suggest going at least every three to six months if you're seeing multiple partners in a year. Now, a couple weeks ago on Instagram, I posted some polls regarding STDs, and 92% of the respondents said that they have never used an at-home STD kit. But 97% responded that yes... They would test more regularly if they had access to an at-home kit. At-home kits are fairly easy to come by, especially since COVID-19 hit and all of these at-home kind of doctor, teledoc apps came out. So Nurex is one of the many brands that's out there that offers an at-home STD testing kit. So I bought one and I'm going to document using it so you guys can see how easy it is and what the process is. Now, this isn't an ad for Nurex, but I wanted to show you guys me going through this whole process so you can see how easy it is and also consider it an option if you want to stay on top of your testing, but you don't want to deal with doctor's offices or appointments or you want to be more discreet or whatever your reasons are. So I'm going to put my experience up on TikTok and YouTube. So make sure you follow me on there if you want to see the process. Just search Dirty Blondes Pod and follow and subscribe to watch the videos when they come out. Okay. Next, I want to get into some myths about STDs. Okay. The first one is using condoms protects against all sexually transmitted diseases. This is false. Although condoms are highly effective in preventing the transmission of STDs when used the right way every time, condoms are not 100% effective in preventing STDs or even pregnancy. So for example herpes and genital warts can be spread by skin-to-skin contact. So if a condom does not cover an infected area or sore, these STDs can be transmitted from one partner to another. Myth number two, you don't need to worry about STDs unless you have sex with a lot of partners. False. STDs are a risk to anyone who engages in sexual activity, even with only one partner one time. So you could be a virgin And fuck someone who has an STD, and you're still gonna get it. It doesn't matter what your body count is, okay? But obviously, if you have a higher body count and you're not practicing safe sex with all those people, you're going to be more at risk than someone who has a monogamous partner or is practicing safe sex every time. Myth number three you can't get an STD while having sex in the shower, bath, or pool. This is false. Any sexual contact with an infected person puts you at risk for STDs. STDs are transmitted by sexual contact, so any exposure to genitalia or bodily fluids puts you at risk, regardless if you're in the water or not. Number four, you can't get an STD from giving or receiving oral sex. False. Many STDs can and do get transmitted by giving or receiving oral sex. STDs such as gonorrhea, syphilis, herpes, and HPV can be spread by oral sex, okay? Infections can occur in the throat and sometimes on the lips or in the mouth, as well as the genital area. So for example, HPV transmitted to the mouth through oral sex can lead to warts in the throat, as well as head and neck cancers. While an HPV infection in the genital area can cause genital warts and cancers of the cervix vagina, penis, or anus. Myth number five, you would know if you had an STD even without being tested, or you would be able to tell if someone had an STD. This is absolutely false. Most people with an STD don't even know that they are infected because so many STDs are asymptomatic in the beginning stages. So just because you can't see sores or blisters or rashes on a partner, doesn't mean that they're not infected with an STD. The only way to know for certain whether you have an STD or not is to get tested by a healthcare professional or do at one of the at-home kits because in many cases, symptoms appear only when the STD has reached an advanced stage. This one's my favorite one. You can get an STD from a public toilet. This is simply untrue. STDs require a warm body to live, and the infection will die outside of that environment. So yes, it's important to have good hygiene, especially in public bathrooms, but sexually transmitted diseases are spread from person-to-person contact, not from toilets or other surfaces. Myth number seven, only trashy or dirty people get STDs. This is false. STDs don't discriminate. It doesn't matter if you're rich, you're poor, if you have a high body count, if you're a virgin, it just takes one time to contract it. And that's it. Which is the perfect segue into my next topic, which is all the celebrities who have been reported to have various STDs. So Jessica Alba contracted herpes from Derek Jeter when they were together, and he reportedly passed herpes to Mariah Carey, Alyssa Milano. Jessica Biel, and Scarlett Johansson, which also means that Justin Timberlake and Orlando Bloom were probably indirectly affected by Derek Jeter as well. Some other celebrities who have herpes are David and Victoria Beckham, Paris Hilton, Lindsay Lohan, Britney Spears, Janet Jackson, Robin Williams, Michael Vick, Kate Moss, Colin Farrell, Joshua Jackson, and Fred Durst. Pamela Anderson contracted hepatitis C from Tommy Lee, and Steven Tyler is also positive for hep C as well. Magic Johnson, Charlie Sheen, and Billy Porter all are currently HIV positive. So yes, celebrities are just like the rest of us. And again, STDs don't discriminate on your status. All right, guys, that wraps up this episode. I hope this was informative to you, and I'm looking forward to releasing the rest of the series. Like I said, I'm going to go into more detail about each STD and treatment types and symptoms and all of that stuff so you guys kind of have a clear understanding for each STD. As always, follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube for some more video content about the at-home testing kit. You can find the links to everything in my Instagram bio, which is Dirty Pod. There is also a link to a company called Promescent. They are giving all of my listeners 15% off with the code DIRTY15. They have different types of condoms and other great items to enhance your sex life. So definitely go check them out and stock up on their condoms because you will get 15% off. All right, guys, have a good weekend and go schedule an STD test and I'll see you next week. All right. Love you guys. Bye. (laughs)